back to what we came to talk about today, all right? So we've been talking for the past couple of weeks, and I kept saying that this was going to be a standalone message, talking about the relationship of God, that, that God desires a relationship with all of you, and the Holy Spirit keeps saying, nope, 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 it's going to be more, it's going to be more. And so after we've spent two weeks you know, emphasizing that God desires a relationship with you, all right? And I'm going to ask you, how's your relationship? Now, don't answer that. What am I doing? I'm trying to provoke you to think because I know some people heard the message or a little bit of the message, then they went home and didn't think anything out of, about, else about it. You know, they just completely disregarded it and shame on you. But, <laughs> but listen, I asked you guys to, to turn on your locators, and I wanted you to locate yourself. And I wanted you to really humble yourself and look deep inside and ask yourself, where are you located as far as your relationship with God is, right? And the reason God put this on my heart should be self-explanatory, but it's because a lot of people don't have a relationship with him. They have, I mean, it really amazes, and it amazes me, but it amazes a lot of ministers how few people are even in a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. You know, most people just use him as, hey, I need something. Hey, come help me out, you know. But God desires more than that. He desires an intimate relationship. And that's what we've been talking about, you know. And so I want to ask you guys, I'm trying to make you think, how is your relationship? How has it been since we started this message? I Hopefully, uh, you've gotten closer. And as a matter of fact, I know I've received testimonies from people uh, that said they have gotten closer. And, they, and, and, and the whole point of this was to understand uh, just how valuable that relationship is. And it's not just a relationship of, uh, out of like a contractual base. In other words, where we enter into this relationship so I can get something from you. But it's a relationship, which is what a true relationship should be, is, is because I love you. I want to receive from you, of course, but I want to please you. I love you. You're my source. And through all of that, I'm going to show you through my lifestyle because I'm not going to do anything that you don't this, that you dislike because I want to please you. Not out of obligation, not out of following a list of rules, but just out of a simple fact that I love you, right? And so I, I've, I've, I've received a lot of good testimonies where people were getting, getting closer. And uh, I want to encourage you guys, you have to be able to humble yourself. You know, I've said this many times, you know, and I do this really a lot. Because it's so easy in the world we live in to become so self-focused, so self-centered. And guys, that's a religious spirit, right? And, 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 and when we get, become so self-focused, we get, become so, it's hard for us to humble ourselves and say we could be wrong, right? How many people uh, that when somebody comes up and genuinely shows you that you're wrong and you just really like that? No, human nature doesn't like that. What, are you kidding me? I'm right. I know everything, right? But this is the mindset that everybody, that not everybody, but a lot of people have today. And you have to be able to humble yourself, look at yourself and say, hey, I need Holy Spirit, show me. Where do I need to adjust? But not only that, adjust, make the change. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. And I've said this every week and I'm going to say it again. You cannot walk in the goodness of God. You cannot walk in the blessings of God. You cannot walk in the promises of God. You can't walk in all of his favor operating in your life. None of that matters or will happen without that relationship, right? You're not just in a relationship. You're not pursuing him to get something. You're in a relationship because you actually love him. And, and you know, and we talked about last week how that relationship should also include the Holy Spirit, Right, and that that's a big one, guys, because very few people use the Holy Spirit for what He was sent to do. As a matter of fact, a lot of uh, people who come out of denominational churches, it, this isn't a jab at them, but this is this is just the simple truth. They haven't been taught anything about the Holy Spirit, and when we you know we broke the Scripture down, what the Holy Spirit's supposed to do in our lives, He's you can't do it without Him. I mean, he's, he's invaluable. He's priceless, right? And so shame on them for not teaching that, guys. And you need to be having that relationship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But, and remember, guys, God's not looking for religion, right? And we kind of touched on that. And, and I think I'm going to close this series out next week by doing a message on religious spirit, right? Because I got some good, good knowledge or, or revelation uh, uh, given to me and... Um, 
And I think it's important that we understand that there is a religious spirit that's on the earth. And a lot of people don't understand that. And you have to make, be careful that you don't fall into a religious spirit. And a religious spirit is a demonic oppression that is, is pushing Christians or pushing good people to be self-centered, self-focused on their strength, their abilities, their knowledge, their information. And it's, it's, it's keeping us focused there and negating the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? And that is, that is a very real thing, guys. And we'll get into that next week. Uh, I'm going to break it down so you guys can, because you need to understand it, because I think there's a lot of Christians that fall into a religious spirit and they don't know it. Because it can be as simple as, as you uh, uh, pursuing a, uh, a big evangelist because he's a big evangelist. You know, human nature is we pursue those that are, are in high esteem. They're, they're big musicians and all of these things because they're, they're big. They have a voice. They have an influence. And so something's got to be right. But you see, Christians have a tendency to follow after big-name ministers just because they're a big-name minister, right? And you've got to be careful. Nothing wrong with listening to those things, but following and pursuing that. And it, guys, that's, God's called you to a local body, and a local man of God. You got to be careful that you don't fall into that religious spirit. And that's just an example of how even, even it has impacted the church. As a matter of fact, the religious spirit is really driven by Satan himself to tear the church apart. It's to take the focus off of God and the Holy Spirit and put the focus on man is pretty much what it is, right? But we'll get into that more next week. But what I want to talk to you today is I'm going to bounce off last week's message where we talked about how we're to be developing not only a relationship with, with God, but we're to be developing that relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm going to tell you, this is one we got to get, guys. You have, you have, God has given you everything you need to be successful in this life. As you, and it, that, that doesn't mean that you're not, everything's going to be smooth and easy and all of that. No, I mean, this is the broken world, and we're going to face problems. We're going to face tribulation. We're going to face persecution. Come on, if Jesus faced it, why would we not? We're going to have to deal with all of that. But God made a way through all of it. And that way is, of course, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I actually titled this, Follow That Voice. Follow That Voice. And I'm going to tell you, I really, and we've talked on this and I hit on it here and there. And, and some of this may seem repetitious to you guys, but let me tell you something. There's a reason God wants me to repeat some of this. So I want you to open your ears to hear it and open your hearts to receive and allow the Holy Spirit to give you some revelation today. Because I'm going to tell you something. There is, this is so important. You need to know God's voice when he wants to lead you. All right. And he's wanting to lead you every day, every minute of the day. But see, people have a tendency to only go to God for his leading when it's a big decision they have to make, right? When it's a big problem going on in their life. Are they, are they, are they supposed to go moved here? Are they supposed to do this? Are they supposed to do that? Or they have this idea. They want to go to God and get guidance then. But God's trying to lead us every step of the way. And you've got to learn his voice and listen to that step. Because I'm going to tell you, he'll lead you when you go into a conversation in the, in the school hall and you're about to enter into a, I'm talking to the young people now, and you're about to enter into a situation where peer pressure can come on you and the pressures of life can come on you and, and the pressures of your so-called friends can come on you and you've got to decide how to talk in that situation. You need to learn how to lean in on God leading you during that situation. He'll give you the words to see, to say. He'll give you the attitude to have. He'll give you the joy to go through it. Amen. And you see, we got we to understand his voice. And if you're going to use the Holy Spirit as we should for everything that he was given to us or everything that God intended to, you got to know his voice, right? And we learned from scripture last week that the Holy Spirit is sent to be your helper, helper our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, and our standby. Guys, when you understand that, you, you can understand. I, when I first got revelation of this, I realized, man, I've been praying wrong for a long time. Because there was a lot of times I was asking God to do something, and God's like, I've already done it. 
You've got the greater one living on the inside of it. He's the one that's going to be the one that give you strength. I don't need to send you strength. You got it. You just got to do what I sent, set in my word for you to do, which is to reach inward for the strength. Don't call on me to send something from heaven. You already got it on the inside, right? And what you got to understand to start looking there for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about, how God leads you which is, of course, by the Holy Spirit. And if you're going to do that, you've got to understand his voice, right? And let me go ahead and say this when I talk about audible voices. Uh, we're not talking about audible voices, right? When I, when I talk about his voice, is that you'll understand at the end how God speaks to you. Nowhere, it doesn't say that God will speak to us or he's going to lead us by an audible voice. If you're hearing audible voices, you need to be very careful because let me tell you something. You, you got to remember something. The way we contact this earth or this world that we live in is by the, the physical realm, the physical senses, your emotions, your, uh, your feelings, and the way you speak. That's how you contact this, this earth that we live in. Now, please listen to me because this is so simple, but it's so, it, it, a lot of people never really think about it this way. But who's ruling this world right now? Satan. Scripture tells us Satan's the God of this world for this season, for, I mean, for this dispensation, right? Then God, God reigns on this earth through his children, through who, those that are saved. Listen, if, you, if you're depending on physical senses or feelings or any of that thing to lead you guys, and that is, that is the realm in which that we contact this earth that Satan is the ruler of, guys, he can he can. Get in there, and he can cause you some problems. In other words, he can, infil- he can infiltrate that, right? He can, ta- he can contaminate that. And bo- point being is, if you want voices, he'll give you voices. He may lead you to Africa when you need to be in uh, Columbus, Georgia, right? He may, he may lead you into a relationship with, well, we can go on down. There. Don't be pursuing voices. That's very dangerous, right? Now, and if you're hearing voices, you need to, we need to pray for you. And we will definitely pray. It's not a hard, if you're dealing with demonic oppression, it's not hard to get over it at all. It's the simplest thing in the world. You just rebuke it, you pray it, and you believe it, and you go on. It's that simple. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, if you're going to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead you, you've got to understand how he speaks to you. Right? Now, everybody, I think, I think it should be self-explanatory that God wants to lead you. Right? And for the most part, people want guidance. Think about it. You, you know, but where, where, where it comes an issue is people have a will. In other words, they're natural. In other words, God may be trying to lead you into ministry, but your will says, wait a minute, I'm good at basketball. I want to be a professional basketball player. That may be not, how, that may be not what God's calling you to do. So now you, your will's playing into the, into, the, into the equation here and causing problems and stopping you from hearing God's leading, right? So, but you need to understand he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you in every step of the way, right? And I'm saying that because as a minister, uh, you know, I probably tell you too much, you know, as far as what other ministers talk about and this, that, and the other. And I just tell you like it is, all right? And, you know, I love you guys. But there's a lot of people seeking guidance in the wrong place. All right? Come on, I'm just going to let you know. You need, you need to know that God wants to lead you, and you need to know how he's going to lead you, and that's what you need to depend on. And we'll see that in just a second in Scripture because we're going to determine that from Scripture. But there's a lot of people looking for guidance in the wrong place. They're going to, they're trying to chase after this person, they're trying to chase after this minister. They're trying to go to their parents. They're trying to go to their friends. They're trying to go, they're trying to go anywhere they get. They're trying to go all over YouTube. They're all over social media. You know, social media is, that's, that, you know, if it's on social media, it's the gospel and it's the truth. That's a, that's, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, guys. It's not. But there's a lot of people that are pursuing that, right? They're pursuing, uh, uh, they're pursuing God's leading in the wrong place. And I can tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of how that is just wrong, right? So let's go with me to Romans 8, beginning in verse 14. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. And we're talking, I'm going to show you how, it's, it's, very, it's very clear how God is going to lead us, right? Because he's not going to lead you by your friend. He's not going to lead you by your neighbor. He's not going to lead you, 
excuse me, he's not going to lead you by the internet. Beginning in verse 14, it tells us how he's going to lead you. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. One verse that says it. How's God going to lead us? Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Guys, we are to be spirit-led. Now, if you read on, verse 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, this is, he tells us how he's going to do it. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All right? Guys, we are to be spirit-led. We are to be spirit-led. I'm going to say it again. We are to be spirit-led, led by the Holy Spirit. In every step we take, everywhere we go, everything that we do, we are to be spirit-led. And we're going to get into here in a minute of what that means and what that looks like. But first, you've got to understand we're to be spirit-led. You're not to be... I mean, Scripture is very clear. It doesn't say that, the, that, that, that uh, for as many as are led by my mama... Huh? It doesn't say that. It, or it doesn't even say for as many as are led by my pastor. My job's not to lead you. My job is to equip the saints for the ministry. It's to teach you. It's to just, I do guide you in a sense. But when it comes to what God's called you to do, that you have to figure that out on your own. And you have to be the one to take the step of faith. I'm not, I'm not the one to tell you how to do it. You're the one hearing from God. And you're the one that needs to be spirit led as far as that is concerned. And let me just say this. Because I have a friend of mine that, in, here in Auburn. And uh, I know he's, he's, he's at his church today. And he's a great guy. But he, he is hung. He's, he's gotten a little out of balance with Scripture. And he, uh, he, he watches, I don't know, he watches certain prophets on YouTube every day. And uh, you have to be careful with these things, guys. Because he's gotten to the point where he doesn't make his decisions of what he's going to do for the day until he watches that daily video. Those daily videos. And I'm going to tell you something. That is unscriptural. Now, I'm not belittling a prophet. Brother Hagin, the founder of Ramah, was a prophet, and he was a true prophet. There are things that he prophesied in the 70s that are just now coming to pass today. That's a prophet right there. He doesn't have to tell you he's a prophet. He doesn't have to give you a business card. If he gives you a business card, you better run, right? Because that's self-centered. That's that religious spirit, right? But let me tell you something. A prophet is not to give you direct guidance, right? And people go to a prophet. The reason he does this is he's hung up on, well, that's what they did in the Old Testament, right? Lack of knowledge. He hasn't, and he should know better because I know he knows he's just blinded on this particular subject. Listen, if he would take the time to rightly divide the word, he would know that in the Old Covenant, People went to the prophet for guidance because there, there were only a certain, the, the king and the priests and the prophet were the only ones that had the Holy Spirit. Well, you weren't going to get to the king. You may see the priest, but that, went to, that was the prophet's job, right? And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not belittling the necessity of the, uh, of, of the job of the prophet, but it changed under the new covenant. It changed, right, because of Jesus. And, and, and so people had to go to the prophet, and, and it, they went to them because that was the only place, they, the only man that had the Holy Spirit. But we're under a new covenant, right? Right, and what happens at salvation? The Holy Spirit comes to abide in you. Guys, this is, please understand this, because I see so many people. I, I'll tell you a story here. I'm, getting, I'm trying not to get sidetracked. But I had a friend of mine that I graduated Ramah. And he was, you know, you can have a tendency to over-spiritualize things. And I think that's one of the biggest hindrances to a lot of people in the body of Christ. And he was ready to, just like me, we graduated, we were ready to go save the world, you know. Where do you want me to go, God? And, and he, he went to a service. And this man came to him, never seen the man before in his life, and he said, I got a word for you. He said, what is it? You know, what's the word, you know? And the guy went on, commenced to telling him that he was to go to Indonesia and he was to establish and set up a, a work there and this, that, and other. I don't know what all the work was supposed to be. 
And Brian took it to heart. I said his name, but anyway, not his last name. He took it to heart. And he had a little money saved up. Before he went to Bible college, he didn't have to work. And he, when we graduated, guess where he went? He took that to heart. Because the prophet told him. A man of God told me. prophet told me. And he took it to heart. And he went to Indonesia. And I'm going to tell you, in about six months period, he lost every dollar he had. Almost lost his life twice. And he got out because he was able, because there was some, some disorder where he was. And he was able to get a boat out and get on a boat and get out of that. Guys, he gave merit to what the prophet said. What the so-called prophet said, guys, the job of the prophet under the new covenant, guys, is to confirm what the spirit is already leading you on in your life. If somebody comes to you and tells you, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of the prophet because the prophet, as he's fine tuning his gifts, he's got to present what he feels like he's supposed to say. He may be right sometimes and he may be wrong sometimes, but if he don't ever move, he don't ever, the, the word never gets out. So he's maybe, he's tweaking it and he's fine tuning it. But let me tell you something. If somebody comes to you and says, I got a word for you because I've had a lot of people do this. All right. You don't, number one, if they give you a card, you better run. All right. That's a religious spirit right there. Because a prophet, a true prophet doesn't have to prove he's a prophet. But if he says he's got a word for you and they tell you they got a word for you, the simplest thing to do is don't give it any merit unless it registers with what the Spirit's already leading you on the inside. I'll give you an illustration. Say you're, you've been work, working all week and you're, you know, and you're just praying, God, you know, your relationship's getting really tight, you know, since we started this and, and, you're, and God's been just moving and, you know, and he's been dropping in your heart, you know, that you're going to be our compassion team leader, right? Right here at Compass Church, you're going to be our compassion team leader. And, you know, we've been praying that leader in and, and that, and, you know, that's just been dropping in your heart and, and you're like, I don't know, I'm not, that, I don't know if I'm a good fit. And you're not really sure. Is that really God? But then Mike comes up to you because we know he's sensitive in this area and he says, I got a word. God gave me a word for you. I don't know what it is, but it's leadership. You're going to step into some kind of leadership. Guess what? You just got confirmation with what the spirit was already working with you on the inside. That's how that works. That's the job of the prophet. Amen. Guys, we are to be sp- <laughs> I didn't mean to get on that sidetrack, but this is a big one, guys. I can tell you people that are grounded and should, should know better that are grounded into the word that have been misled because of somebody that claimed to be a prophet. I've had people prophesy over I had this one lady prophesied over me, <laughs> talking about religious spirits. She said, you're going to be my husband. God said, you're going to be my husband. No, nah, we got a problem right there, you know. That's not going to happen. Number one, you know, now, there's a lot of reasons. I don't even have to explain to you why that's not going to happen. That's gonna ha- not going to happen. And now she, she didn't go away. She came back a little later, and she came back, and she said, God, you're not going to believe it. God told me this morning we're going to have 12 kids. I'm like, lady, you got problems. I rebuke you in Jesus' name, right? Because she was confused. <laughs> but let me tell you what I do. When people come up and they say they got a word for me, that's fine. But I'll tell you this, if you, if, you, if you think you're walking in this position, you better be very careful because when you, if you mislead somebody, you're going to be accountable for that before God. You, you don't play with this. But it, when people come to me and say, I've got a word for you, I'll take that word and I'll put it on the shelf. And I tell God, I don't, I don't make an issue out of it. I just tell God, God, and to myself, I say, if that, if that, that right now, that doesn't register with me. I don't know what in the world this person, this person may be cuckoo. I don't know, right? But they said they got a word for me. God, if that is something I need to be concerned with at the right time, you bring that back to my remembrance. And I leave it on the shelf. I don't think another day about it. And I'll tell you this, my shelf started over here. Now it's like this. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Listen, we're to be spirit-led, not prophet-led. We're to be spirit-led, not parent-led. Now, listen, those things are parents and friends and pastors and all. It's good to get that advice. But when it comes to making the actual move to what your next step in life is, where you're supposed to go, you have to be spirit led. It's why God gave you the Holy Spirit. You need to learn to use him for what, he's in, what he intended him for. Because there's a lot of people making decisions in life that are being just driven by their emotions and by their flesh. And I'm going to tell you, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Remember, we're, we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. 
And if you're being driven by this, remember that's that that that's that when you're being driven by the flesh and by your by your mind, guys, that's a dangerous place to be. And it says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now let's just get a little bit nerdy about this because that word, the Greek word for led right there is a go. I, I think that's how you pronounce it, how it's spelled, A-G-O. I mean, how else would you spell it? I don't know. I'm not a Greek scholar, but that's okay. Now, of course, that means to lead. Now, let's get really nerdy and let's dig in on in a little bit deeper on this because when you study it and you break all this down, you know, I like to get in there and get in there and figure out what all this is. Remember, I'm forming what I believe off of the Word of God, so I'm going to rightly divide it so I get the right belief inside of me, right? So this is what I'm doing. And when, but when you dig a little deeper, you've got to mention the fact that that word ago actually forms the root for the word agon, A-G-O-N. Again, I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. Now, this is important, guys, because that word agon actually means a, 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 an intense conflict or a struggle of your will. Now, think about this for a minute. Now, you may be thinking, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor? What that means, guys, is that when the Holy Spirit's trying to lead you, God's trying to lead you by the Spirit, that means your will is always going to be fighting you. Because your will wants to do what it wants to do. Your will is wanting to go where it wants to go. Your will is, want, is mostly just driven by flesh. Give you an example. Like, say you want a new boat. Maybe your finances are stretched a little thin because you've made some, some, some wrong decisions and you've taken on some bondage, some financial bondage, and you really don't need a boat, right? And, and, but you want a boat. Your will, your will, I want a boat. You know, I want a boat. And you know what? You can go finance anything right now. They'll finance a boat for like 12 years right now. It'd be a $10,000 boat and they'll stretch it out 12 years. I don't know why people do that, but they do. But they will. What's the point is, is you don't need it, but your will wants it. And your will doesn't want to be spirit led at that moment because your will wants that boat. And about most, of the, most of the time people lean into their will and they trust it and they go by the boat, right? Now they're in bondage. They're in some form of financial bondage. What's the point is, point is, guys, you're going to be dealing with this flesh, you're going to deal with this flesh. And you've got to understand we're to be spirit-led, not fleshly-led. Don't be led by your flesh. Don't be led by your emotions. Now, if you think for a minute and look at what's been going on in our world right now with all of the different, you know, everybody gets offended over everything. Everybody gets, you made me mad. You made me angry. You hurt my feelings. You know, I, I didn't get a trophy. I want a trophy, but you didn't win. You know, come on, you get a trophy for winning. You know, I don't understand that one, but we don't want to offend them. We don't want to hurt them. Guys, all of that is being driven by emotion. But we're to be spirit-led, not emotionally led. We're to be, we're to be, and I'll go a step further, guys. We're, we're, we're not to be led by our minds. Give you an illustration. When we went to Ukraine, you know, God dropped on my heart. You know, he said, I need you to go to Ukraine. You guys know, y'all were here. We were three weeks, raised the money. He can't, God raised the money, $42,000 for us to go. But when, when God first dropped it on my heart, I thought, my, uh, well, God drops it into my spirit, go to Ukraine. Okay. My spirit's like, yeah, let's do this. My mind's like going straight into analytical mode. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the missiles? There's people are dying. That's a war over there. You know, and then your flesh, your flesh is a weenie. It's down here going, that may hurt. I don't want to do that. All of this is screaming and going on in my head right at this time. So I got to know how to discern the difference between all of this, right? Thank God I knew how to follow the leading of the Spirit, and we went, and you guys know it was a success. We were 100% safe, and we accomplished exactly what God wanted us to accomplish. Amen? Because I understood. Guys, I talk about this all the time. You need to understand, and I, I'm just going to repeat this. You need to understand the three-part being of a man. I'm talking about a human being. We are a spirit. We're made in the image of God. Right? We are a spirit being. We have a soul. That is your mind and your intellect your, and, you, and your reasoning, your thinking, your thought process up here. And we have a body, an earthly vessel that we walk the streets of this earth on, right? And what you've got to remember is each one of those have a voice that's competing for your attention, competing to lead you. And you have to discern 
the difference. You ultimately make the decision. And what is it we always say? God is never going to force himself on you. He's never going to force you to do something. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will only go where he is invited, where he, the table has been set for his presence. Right? And as a result, you have to be the one to make a decision on which voice are you going to allow to lead you. Right? You know, we're a spirit being. It says that when, when we got born again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us that, that you're, you become a new creature. And, and you know, some, most of you heard this, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. But we know that in that process, our bodies didn't change, did it? No. And we know your, your mind didn't change because your mind was already, had, was already uh, established of what it believed and all of that based off of the world because you lived in the world before it got saved. Come on. Right? So you've got to change that by renewing your mind. Right? But see, see, so what did change was the spirit man on the inside of you. That's the spirit that becomes new, becomes a new creature, where the Holy Spirit resides with the nature of God. See, you had the worldly nature, the nature of the devil before. You got saved. That changed. That and all of that. Your spirit man became new. Now, and your body stayed the same. I prayed many times. Come on, God, help me. Let my body stay, let my body change, you know. Give me my six-pack. Give, you know, give me my muscles. And I, you know, come on. Don't look at me so holy. Y'all know y'all wish y'all didn't do. <laughs> but it didn't. Your spirit man is what changed on the inside of you. And you are the one that has to put that spirit man on. I know this may sound, some of you may never heard this, but it's just so, it's so simple. It's so, you have to put it on, guys. God's not going to force it on you. You know, people always say, well, that person got saved Sunday. I saw them at the strip club on Monday night. Well, first off, what are you doing at the strip club? But that's okay. Because you were there, right? What was the difference? How come they got saved? They did get saved. But how come nothing changed on Monday night? They're not walking in the light of the change that took place on the inside of them. They have to put that on. Amen. God's never going to force himself on you. Amen. And, of course, I know a lot of people get hung up when you talk about this. Especially people who come out of certain denominations, they'll tell you, oh, the soul and the spirit are one. Well, no. You know, and you don't want to be a know-it-all, but it's so simple. Let's, let's go back to the scripture because Hebrews 4.12 says other words. It says other words. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. See, people that, don't, that think those are the same, they're stuck in the religious spirit. We'll talk about that more next week, right? And Paul, actually, he even made the distinction between all three parts. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, why is it so important that we understand these three things? It's because they each have a voice that's competing for your attention. And most people are leaning in on the wrong voice. You see, the, 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 your feelings and your emotion, that's, that's the voice of this body, right? Because it's easy to make this body mad. It's easy to hurt this thing. It's easy. And this thing will only pursue what's good. Well, or not, no, let me, <laughs> this thing will only pursue what brings it pleasure. Let me say it that way, right? Because how many of you know your body's pursuing, you know, you know, looking for joy and looking for happiness in the wrong place? Friday night, they want to find joy. Your body wants to find joy or happiness. It goes to find some, the, this drug, that drug, that drink, that person, all, you know, pleasurable things, right? And so a lot of people are yielding to that voice. But then, you're, then the, on the other thing, you got the voice of the soul or your mind, and that's your reasoning. That's your intellect, your thought process. Now, all of this has to go together. You, you balance using all of this, but you don't yield to one entirely, right? Amen. And then the voice of your spirit, guys, is your conscience. It's your conscience. You know what's right, and you know what's wrong, Right? Come on, that's the, you need to, which voice are you going to yield to? Because there's a lot of people being driven by emotions. A lot of people being driven by feelings. But are we to be led by feelings? No, we're to be spirit-led. Are we to be led by emotion? No, we're to be spirit-led. Amen? And I know this is hard for some people that are 
maybe redhead or anything, you know, because those feelings and emotions have a tendency to, you know. <laughs> but listen, you know, seriously, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Now, wait a minute. I know somebody sitting out there says, wait a minute, Pastor. How can that be safe? We all have a conscience whether we're saved or not. True. True. But just go a little deeper. Think a little deeper here, right? If you've been born again and your spirit's been made new, you have the new life and nature of God on the inside of you, that takes care of the first problem, right? Now, the next voice that's going to give you an issue is your mind. Now, when you get saved, you've got to renew your mind to what? The Word of God. Why? Because it has already developed everything that you believed on the world that it knew before the Word of God came into the equation. Now, if you don't renew that mind, guess what? You're going to yield to that voice. You got to renew. In other words, you got to reform what you believe about life and about the world off of the Word of God. And you have to do that. Now, if you've if you've accepted Christ and now your your spirit man's been made new and you have the new nature of God on the inside of you, and you have taken the time to renew your mind to what the Word of God says about life, about marriage, about everything, about how your standard of life should be, your standard of living, guys, and you've done all of that. Now you can control this flesh. The flesh is way down on the list. You can control it, right? And once you when you get to that place, guys, your conscience is a safe guide. It's a safe God. But see, a person who hasn't been saved can't follow the voice of his spirit because their spirit hasn't been reformed. There hasn't been no change to it. But, and that means their conscience will permit them to sin. But when, you're, when you have accepted Christ and you have the nature of God on the inside of you, your conscience will begin to get pricked or you'll, or you'll grieve the spirit when you sin. Not saying we're going to be sinless just because you came to Christ. We're not perfect. But you'll know what's going on and you will you will genuinely sense it. You will genuinely feel it. Glory to God. You will genuinely know. Why? Because you because you have the nature of God on the inside of you. And you're grieving the Holy Spirit, as Austin was teaching us on Wednesday night about how you can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not a thing, it's a person. That greater one living on the inside of you, you don't want to grieve it. And you got it goes back to what I just said, guys. If you're being led by your feelings or your physical senses, you're on a path of destruction. On, you're on a downhill slope because, I'm going to say this again because you need to get a revelation of it, is because you contact this earth with those senses. And it's so important, guys. And when you do that, Satan can contaminate them your mind, he can contaminate your body. In other words, what you think, what your feelings, he can get he can just he can get in here and contaminate what you're thinking and get you offended. Now you're angry, so now you got your feelings ro- uh, uh, rising up, and you're and if you're yielding to those voices, come on, it's leading you to a path of destruction right there. Amen. Because we're not to be led by feelings or emotions, guys. And it's very simple. You can't walk by faith if you're led by feelings. It's just a simple truth. You know, there's many times when I get up in the mornings, there's many times before I come to preach, guys. Many times where I'm a, the sickness will be trying to come on me all week. I'm no different than you. Matter of fact, I got a bigger target on my back because I'm, 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 I'm pastoring God's house here, right? And the enemy wants to knock me out. And there's many times where I, I don't feel like preaching. I'll go ahead and tell you that. I don't feel like it. I will literally pull in that parking lot and I'm just dragging myself and I got to put on my happy face and I got to tell my body how it feels because the body says you don't feel good. The body says stay home, curl up in the bed, but I'm going to walk by faith and faith says the word of God says that healing was paid for and I will not let that take me out. I will be victorious. I'm going to reach into the Holy Spirit on the inside of me for strength, for guidance, for peace, for joy and allow the anointing of God to flow through me and accomplish what he's told me to do this morning. Glory to God. That's the attitude you have to have. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't be driven by your feelings. And I, I remember one time, you guys remember when I fell off the roof? Well, some of you do. Y'all were here. And, you know, I walked like this for like three months, you know. Wasn't that long. But that very night, I fell off the roof. I broke my wrist and all. That very night, I did not want to come to church. I was in a lot of pain. That, it was a Wednesday night. 
And uh, I was sitting at home, and in my spirit, God said, go to church. You need to go to church. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm hurt. I'm like, you know, come on, God, really? You know, I'm like, yes, I can't even lay down, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And then and the Holy Spirit gave me revelation. He said, are you going to walk by what you feel, or are you going to walk by faith? And now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Satan pushed me off of that roof. My own stupidity caused me to fall off that roof, right? I brought those consequences on myself, and there's no denying that. That wasn't an attack from the devil. That was my own stupidity for getting up there on a wooden shingle roof that was like this with the wrong shoes and a backpack blower on my back. That was a dumb thing to do, right? But it still brought pain into my body that I was rebuking and I was denying and not allowing to exist into my body. And so I did. I persevered. I pushed through. I came in. I didn't feel like it, but I didn't talk my feelings. I talked my faith. I believe in the healing powers going through my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Glory to God. And I'm going to tell you, I never went back to the doctor after that. And it took a while to get over it. Right? It wasn't an instant healing. It took a while. You don't hurt you. I landed on my head, those of you that don't know. I landed on my head uh, from falling off the roof. And the doctors, when well, they got, a, got me to Russell Medical Center, the doctors were like, you hit. And you could see my head was swollen up right there. And he said, he said, it's a miracle. You didn't break your neck because of the distance I fell and where I fell and this, that, and other. He was like, you know, I was like, well, I'll just uh, uh, put that to the hand of God moving on my life right then. But I, I wasn't going to speak my feelings because I was going to speak what I believed, which was that the healing power was going to work in my body. And it did. It did, guys. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Listen, God wants to lead all of us. Let's get to what his voice is because this, is this is important. And I think this is where everybody struggles. And it's really, it's so simple, guys. And learning his voice is not as important. I mean, that's important, but learning to act is the hard part. All right? But he's wanting to lead us. We've we've established that. And he leads us by the Spirit. So we've got to learn that voice. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to bear witness to your spirit. This is how God's going to speak to you, right? Not an audible voice. And what does that mean? We call that the inward witness, right? The inward witness. It's just, don't overcomplicate it. It's just that simple nudging on the inside to do or don't do. You know, if you're, you're planning on moving, say you got an idea, I think God wants me to move to, I don't know, Missouri. Uh, he wants me to go there and establish a church. I'm, I'm just not really sure about it. And well, you go and you pray and you ask God, all right, the Holy Spirit, you're going to lead me, show me. All right, now you've got to wait patiently on God to give you that guidance. So what you're waiting on is just that peace, that nudging on the inside. Listen, when you don't have a red flag that says, hey, stop, don't go, don't go, don't go, then go, move. That's clear leading, clear peace to go. But if you have a check in your spirit, something's just, something's just not right. And I love when the illust- illustration I like to use is when Mindy and Stephen were doing their ado- one of their adoptions in Ukraine. It's a hard process, you know, an expensive process, a lot of hard decisions and you're under a lot of pressure, and when you got to make them fast, things change fast. And they were trying to make some right decisions. And they, at the time, they called Pastor Matt. He was pastor at Auburn Fellowship. We were all under him at that time. And, and Pastor Matt gave him the best advice any minister could ever give him. And he told them, he said, you've prayed, now you follow after that peace. That peace. As long as you don't get any red flags, go with it. And you don't have to wait anymore. You know, some people are waiting years. And I always ask them, well, have you got any red flags in your spirit? What does that mean? If you've prayed and you're waiting on God to lead you and you're not getting a check in your spirit and says, hey, wait a minute, don't go that way. Hey, wait a minute, do go that way. Come on. If you're not getting any red flags, then move. Go on. That's cl- that's, that, the door's wide open. God say, move. Move, 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 move. I remember... Uh, a pastor friend of mine, and he was, he, he, he was a creature of habit, and he drove home the same way every day after work. And he was in the church, finishing up in his office, 
And he was getting ready to leave and told the secretary, hey, I'm going to leave a little early, you know, goodbye. And went to get in his car, put his key in the car. And all of a sudden, right there in his spirit, and he just got a check in his spirit and said, wait. He was like, man, you know how hard it is to wait when you're ready to go home? And you want to go to the house, you know? After you've been at work, all, I don't care if you're a pastor or not, you want to go home and relax, right? So he sat there and he said, so guess what happened? His flesh started to rise up there because he's ready to go. And he had to make a decision. What is he going to do? And he said, well, thank God he, he knew enough to discern, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He went back inside and the secretary was like, well, that was fast. He's like, well, I just need to hang out for a minute. So he went back into his office, you know, and he was just straightening some things up. And after about 15 minutes, he had peace to go, just peace to go. It wasn't an audible voice, wasn't anything. That weight lifted. So he went and got in his car and he was driving down the street, the same road he always goes on. And little did he know, he drove up on an accident. And he got to thinking, he was sitting there and sitting in the traffic, and he realized, man, if I would have left when I was going to leave, that would have put me in perfect timing to be right here in this accident. Now, see, the Holy Spirit was working there. The Holy Spirit was, was, was telling him, hey, don't go. Now, he, he didn't force himself on him. But he had to decide, am I going to listen to that voice? or am I going? Because his flesh was ready to go. And his mind was like, there's no reason you can't go. You know, just go, right? So he had to decide which one he's going to listen to. Now, he could have listened to them and been on his way and got caught in that car wreck. But thank God he listened to the Spirit. And he obeyed. He obeyed that unction. Guys, you got to learn to obey that peace on the inside. That peace is, that's... What that is, is that's God communicating supernaturally with your spirit. See, too many people are looking for an audible voice. They're looking for some painting on the wall. They're looking for a, a visitation. They're looking for all of these things. And, and God says, well, we're just going to be spirit-led, and I'm, I'm going to speak to you because my spirit's going to bear witness to your spirit. doesn't say my spirit's going to speak to your spirit. doesn't say my, my spirit's going to bear witness to your spirit. So you got to, that's just that simple nudging. Don't overcomplicate it. Follow it and move, move. Be sensitive to that leading, guys. And when you get acquainted with the greater one living on the inside, man, it becomes instantaneous. I can sense it now. You know, when I first started, you're going to miss it a couple of times and you're going to be thinking, is that God? Is that, or should I go? Should I go? And sometimes you're going to go and realize, okay, that wasn't God, but that's okay. I'd rather take a step and miss God than sit there and not move at all and miss God. You know what I'm saying? I want to get, I want, at least I'm taking a chance to get it right, to get it right. But the more you get acquainted, it becomes instant. It becomes instant. I remember, and it works in both ways. You know, I've shared the testimony of how Michelle and I, when we went to Oklahoma and we got out there and, 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 and we got caught up in, into making some bad investments with some money that we had and we never prayed about it. And, you know, the Holy Spirit was still trying to lead us, and we weren't acknowledging him at that time. And we sat in that lawyer's office and looked face-to-face -to, -face to one another and said, we'll make this work, because it was a questionable deal. And, of course, the deal fell through, and we lost everything that we had right there at that time and all of that. And, but when I look back on it now, I can remember those checks, those big red flags coming up. But my will wanted that. My will wanted to make that investment. My will wanted that property. My will wanted this. And, but... I was getting the flags, but I wasn't listening to the right voice. Amen? Glory to God. It's very important, guys. Learn to be sensitive to that leading. Sensitive. And when you do that through getting acquainted with the greater one living on the inside of you, glory to God. Guys, that's when you begin to use the Holy Spirit for everything that God intended you to use him for. And I want to encourage you when you do that to train your spirit to dominate your mind and your flesh. Keep this under. Paul says, I bring it under subjection to the spirit man on the inside of me. Right there. And that's when you let the Holy Spirit do exactly what John 16, 13 says. It says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all things. Or he will guide you into all things. Right? Same thing. He's guiding you and he's leading you. Glory to God. Guys, I want to encourage you. I want, and, and, and most importantly, guys, if you're born again and you know Christ, then your spirit's made new, guys. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Renew your mind to the Word of God. Replace the worldly belief system you have in your head with what the beliefs we should have, which are based on the Word of God, 
and learn to lean in on the Holy Spirit, glory to God, and allow that to dominate your flesh and to dominate your life. And guys, when you do that, the inward witness, the voice of the Spirit becomes instantaneous. And man, it'll make your life so much easier when you're deciding, should I, should I go, should I, should I pursue a relationship with this person? Well, how's the, what about them flags? You got any flags in your spirit? You know, you don't need a prophet to tell you because you got the Holy Spirit. You got the greater one living on the inside of you and the greater one's not going to lie to you. The problem is, is you got to keep that will under control and you got to listen to the right voice because the will, your body and your flesh, your mind and your will may really like that person because, man, they are, they looking pretty good over there, you know, all that, being driven by the wrong emotions, being driven by the wrong thing. Amen? But you got to listen to the voice of spirit. The voice will lead you in everything. And you got to learn to use him for everything. Man, I'm going to tell you, I walk around. I'm, I'm closing, I promise, guys. But I walk around, it, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. I'll never be lonely because I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. Some, most of the time it's under my breath and I'm just thinking. And what I'm doing, guys, is I'm getting prepared because when I go into a conversation with people, I may or may not know them. But as I'm coming in, I'm praying underneath my breath, Holy Spirit, you give me the words to say. You give me the confidence to bring it. You give me the ability to be your light and the hands and the feet, the voice of Jesus and all of these great things so that when I step into the conversation, conversation, guys, I'm not trying to come in there with some worldly jibber jabber. I'm not trying to be all holy, but I'm trying to be a light for Jesus. I'm trying to be a light and bring the goodness of God into that conversation. And he'll give you the words to say right at the right time. And what I've learned to do is if he don't give me any words, I may just sit there and stare at you for a minute. Amen. But that's okay. You may think I'm kooky. I don't care, but I'm going to obey the spirit. Amen. Glory to God. All right, guys. You don't want to miss next week because it's going to be really good. We're going to be talking about that, that religious spirit. And uh, it's, it's going to be really good. I've been getting some really good information. But I really wanted to get this. God, God wants you to get this. Because he's made a way for each and every one of us. We just uh, Believers are not using the ways that God set in place for us. He gave us the tools. We're just not applying the tools. Right? And we're, we're just... And a lot of it, guys, and I'm just going to say this, and I don't mean this to be mean, but a lot of this is that human nature is lazy. It really is. We don't want to, we want somebody else to do it for us. We want somebody else to lead me. I want the pastor to tell me where I need to move. No, that's not my job. You know, I'll help you and I will uh, teach you about the Holy Spirit and about all the good things of God who is there to lead you, but I can't tell you where to go. People come to me all the time. Well, pastor, should I do this or should I do that? And I have to go back to, well, let's talk about how's the spirit leading you because that's how we're to be spirit-led. And don't be lazy. If you're going to be successful at your Christian walk, guys, you've got to put some effort in it. Let me tell you something. You're either putting effort into this or you're putting effort into trying to survive in the world. And I'm going to tell you, this is a whole lot better than that. Amen. Okay, but sometimes it may not look like it. But that's all right. You just keep putting the effort in, keep putting the effort in, walking by faith and believing God and tapping into the victorious one living on the inside of you, and you will be the victory that, it, that God has called you to be. Let's pray.